I'm loving it. So since I'm among family, I'm going to tell you guys a really just embarrassing story about me. Uh, so I, I've been in ministry for about six, seven years. It's been a little while. And uh, the first time I ever preached, I was actually invited to preach at a church. I'm originally from Tennessee, about an hour south of Nashville. So if you're hearing the redneck boy accent, that's why, okay? I wore camo in high school. Yeah, 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 yes, sir. You know, I wore the, the hat with the fish hook on it. I did the whole thing, you know. I, I still love country music. Don't hold it against me, all right? I, I love it. Uh, but I got invited to preach. I just gotten saved. And I guess when you get saved, everyone thinks if you're a guy that you got to preach, right? Luckily for me, I'm a preacher. But this church was like, hey, this kid got saved. You know, he used to be rowdy. I want to hear if he's got a word from God. So they invited me to come preach to their adults, not youth, adults. And I'm like 17, y'all, okay, which is cool. Like, if you're a preacher in 17, that's awesome. But at that time, I really wasn't a preacher. I didn't know what I was doing. But I was cocky because, you know, when you get saved, you got that confidence. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I'm full of the Lord. Now I can get any girl I want, any, you know, I can do anything, right? And I had that confidence that wasn't necessarily Holy Spirit confidence. It was just more my confidence. And so they invited me, and I thought, man, this church is small, you know. Like, I'm from a big church. Like, I can probably say anything, and they'll be good. You know, they'll be amen to me. Really bad idea, okay. So I did not study. They gave me three months' notice. I did not study. Now, this, this story gets better, so y'all just listen. So the three months passed by. I'm chilling, playing Call of Duty, you know, and I ain't saying that to be relevant. I really play it, okay. I'm not a poser. Uh, but <laughs> so many people are like, I love Call of Duty. They never play it. Uh, but I was just chilling, hanging out, not doing my homework, you know, just regular, you know, teenage stuff. And uh, the time comes, and it's the Sunday I'm supposed to preach. Now, I remember, I haven't been studying. And so I wake up that morning, this is no joke. I'm like, ah, you know, I should probably take a few notes, you know. I might as well have like a little template, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit's going to speak through me, right? So I might as well just have a little something, something. So I get out a piece of paper from a, like a, like the, has the little things on the side. You know, I pull it out. I get a pencil a mechanical pencil, and I get a little devotional book that my mom got me when I was like, you know, 16, and I, I take a passage and just copy it down. And I'm like, man, it's going to blow their minds, specifically for men about loving your wives, that they're going to love this, right? So I show up at the place, I fold it, put it in my pocket, I show up, and I'm sitting near the music. You know, it wasn't like what y'all got up here, okay? Can y'all give a hand for your worship team? Because this, you guys are ridiculous. So good. Um, but it was okay, and I was sitting there like, oh, I'm ready to preach and blow this house down. You know, I'm excited. They call me up there, and I get up there, and y'all, no joke. They're like, Christian Barrett, and everyone's like, there's like five people there, you know. I'm like, and I get up there, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Pull it down, it's like, pull my notes, put it down. And the, the, the lead had smeared all over the paper. Like, because it was a pencil, right? It smeared, and I had nothing. And I remember the first youth pastor I ever had, he told me this. He said, if you're on stage talking, this is bad advice. Do not do this. Come prepared. He said, if you are on stage talking and you don't know what to do, just pray. That's it. That's all you got to do. So no joke. I literally said, I, I promise. I said, John 3.16 says that, uh, you know, um, God loves you. And, um, yeah, he uh, died for you. And uh, you know what? I feel the Holy Spirit turning this into a prayer night. Can we just turn this into a prayer night? Worship team, can you begin to back up here? I turned it into a prayer night. Somehow, people came forward. I don't know how. I wouldn't have come forward. They come forward. And, you know, 
I pray, I don't even know what I pray, but like we laid hands and prayed and everything. They left. Here's where it gets funny. This old lady comes up at the end, really old lady, super sweet, and she goes, young man, that message was all right. And I said, listen, I said, hey, you know, it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it wasn't me, it was the Lord above. And she said, well, young man, I told you that it was all right. If it was the Holy Spirit, it would have been good. I didn't preach for a long time after that. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. We're so thankful for your grace, for your mercy. As I take a sip of this delicious Florida water, that's like lemon. Lord, as I take a sip of this lemon water I wasn't expecting, we pray for your grace, your mercy, your peace, your love, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. amen. I'm going to have a, a confession for you guys. So me, you know, as a, a pastor, a follower of Christ, I love Jesus. I know Jesus. I follow Jesus. But I still battle sometimes overwhelming anxiety. Sometimes at night, my mind is locking up. I have shortness of breath, and I'm feeling these feelings of panic, and I feel like the walls are, are closing in. I know Jesus. I love Jesus. I follow Jesus. But I still have these feelings of overwhelming anxiety. And maybe tonight you can relate. Maybe you love Jesus. You follow. You're trying your best to follow Jesus. But for some reason, you still feel the walls of anxiety closing in. I don't know about you guys, but this is a year, 2020, like we've never seen before. I mean, this is the craziest year I think we've ever seen. Young, whether you're young or an adult or whatever, this is a crazy year. You start the year, everything's pretty cool, you know, and then you get this intro of this weird virus, right, that like sweeps across the world in like three days and is infecting everybody and you know, the world shuts down, right? Everything we've ever done, school and hanging out with our friends, it all just stops, right? Our routines are completely demolished. On top of that, we, you know, even young people, we have the news, right? We, we see the economic fears. We see the, you know, the racial tensions in this country. We see the political divisions and the, the biased news and a bunch of weird, freaked out people sharing conspiracy theories on social media. Like, we see it all. And it's overwhelming, Amidst of all this, oftentimes we can have these feelings of being afraid, being lonely, feeling uncertain, like you've lost control. And sometimes, and I'll admit it, I feel hopeless. In fact, I, I read a study, and this was according to the National Center for Health, that in July of last year, 16% of teenagers showed signs of anxiety disorder. Only 16% of people your age. Fast forward to July of this year, and 66% of teenagers show signs of anxiety disorder. And whether you're here because you love Jesus and you're excited, whether someone just invited you, whatever your situation is, I think we can all admit we have felt anxious. This has been a year of nothing but feeling anxious. But what even is anxiety? So I feel like people use that word a lot, right? Like, I'm feeling a little anxious, I'm feeling... Anxiety is complicated, right, because it's physiological, and we feel it in our body, but anxiety is also emotional. Anxiety is situational, depending on what your situation is, where you are. It's also spiritual, but tonight, I'm just going to be super honest with you. I'm not a doctor, right? Like, I'm not going to tell you to go get medicine or go get checked out, whatever. 
I'm gonna focus on the spiritual aspect of it and we're gonna focus on how to deal with anxiety in a spiritual form as followers of Christ or people who wanna follow Christ. And so I've met many people who are Christians and they're following God and they feel anxious and they had this thought of, have I failed God? Because the Bible says I'm supposed to be faith-filled, right? Like I'm supposed to be a faith-filled follower of Christ, yet I don't, I feel like I have no faith at all. I feel anxious, I feel worried, I feel scared. Have I failed God? Some people have asked me, is being anxious a sin? Is having these doubts and these feelings and this, this tension, is it a sin? And I'm just gonna tell you really encouraging news, feeling anxious is not a sin, okay? If being anxious is kinda like being angry. You know, like anger can lead to sin, but being angry is not sin. Anxiety is the same way. You can feel anxious and still not sin. And I think it will surprise you and I think it will comfort you that Jesus, the man who died on the cross for our sins, the man who we worship, he dealt with overwhelming anxiety. Some of you are like, really? (laughs) What are you talking about? Jesus, the man we follow, battled with anxiety. And what we're gonna focus on tonight is how did Jesus battle anxiety? And if you want a fancy title, you can just put, how did Jesus battle anxiety? I don't care what you're right. Um, how did Jesus respond to anxiety? Jesus did what my little brother often does. I say he's little, but he's 21 years old. He's married. He's got a baby, another one on the way. Like, he's, he's a grown-up. But here, here, Jesus does what my brother does. He starts talking. Right? When anxiety rose up, what did Jesus do? Jesus talked back. And so the first step to finding this relief from your anxiety is number one, you gotta talk to your friends. You gotta talk to your friends. And listen, I'm, I'm real, okay? Can somebody say real? Turn neighbor and say, this guy's real. Okay, I'm real and I'm gonna be honest with you. If somebody, if, if your friend hands you a vape, they, they ain't your friend, okay? If, if somebody hands you something that's sinful, they ain't your friend, okay? When I say talk to your friends, I mean like talk to your real God-centered, I love Jesus friends. We all got some, right? If you don't, join a small group and get some, amen? Uh, But number one, listen, talk to your friends. We're gonna look at Mark chapter 14, uh, verses 32 and 33. We don't gotta put it up just yet. I'm gonna give you some context. So after the last uh, dinner with his uh, small group, I mean his disciples, it's pretty much a small group, one of Jesus' close friends, Judas, he slipped out to betray Jesus. Now, what's insane about this is Jesus knew that Judas was gonna betray him. Can you imagine if you knew one of your friends was gonna stab you in the back? Like, can you imagine if you knew for a fact, and if some of y'all are like, yeah, I already know, like it's happening right now. You know the anxiety that feels? Having that fake friend that's like to your face, man, I love you, this is great. Girl, I got you, I ain't gonna steal your man, right? (laughs) That too real? (laughs) Someone say, hmm. But Judas slipped out to betray Jesus. He knew, so you knew he was feeling anxiety. And so Jesus grabs three of his friends. They head to the Garden of Gethsemane. That's where we can pick up. Y'all wanna put on the screen. Uh, Mark 14, 32 and 33, it says, they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. So he's saying, let's pray together. Let's pray together. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Now, the message translation of uh, Mark 14, verse 33, the same one where it says deeply distressed and troubled, the message version says he plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. Have any of you felt like you've been in a sinkhole of just dreadful agony? Now, why did Jesus feel this way? 
right? Like he's a son of the world, he has, or son of God, he has confidence, like he's here to save the earth. Because Jesus knew that he was gonna be arrested, he knew he was gonna be tortured, he knew he was gonna die the way of crucifixion, the most painful and humiliating way to die. And even worse, Jesus never sinned. It's not like he deserved it. He was perfect, but he knew he was still gonna have this horrible way to die. On top of that, he knew he was gonna have to become sin. He was gonna have to become lying. He was gonna have to become pornography. He was gonna have to become all these things, so much so the father had to turn away from him. And it caused him such distress. It caused him such anxiety. But you know know what I love about Jesus? Jesus was so honest. Like Jesus wasn't like, well, I think Christians can be such liars sometimes. Because people would say, hey, how you doing? It's like, I'm fine. Or, or you know, where I'm from in Tennessee, I'm keep on keeping on, brother. You know, I'm doing okay. I'm good. I'm making it. My brother says, hey, I'm still vertical. He's cooler than me. <laughs> I don't know if that's cool, but that's what he says. But uh, Jesus is honest. Watch what he says. Mark 14, 34. I don't know if it's up there. It might be. He says, I gave it to him late. It's my fault. He says, my soul is overwhelmed. It's overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. My soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. And then he says, stay here and keep watch. He's talking to his friends. He tells them how he's feeling. He's like, guys, I need you. I am so anxious, I actually feel like I could die. I need you here with me. Can I say this to you very boldly? One of the reasons you are feeling anxious is because you are lacking real community. I didn't say you're lacking friends, because we can have a ton of friends, but have no community. Community is God-centered, amen? Community builds you up, amen? Because friends can, friends can be like Judas, they'll tear you down, amen? But community is what lifts us up. The reason, one of the reasons you are battling with anxiety is because you are lacking community. You need people around you that care about you. You need people around you that will lift you up. I truly believe five years from now, there will be a study that will show the damage that these lockdowns and all this be away from everybody has done on our brains. We're not meant to be alone. Even if you look in Genesis, God says it's not good for man to be alone. Why would God say that if it wasn't important? It's not good for you to be alone. You're not meant to do life by yourself. Being in ministry the years that I've been, I see one common theme when people leave church for a long time and then come back. And I'm sure you guys have seen it. I mean, you guys go to church. What happens so often is that people cry when they come back to church for the first time. The biggest thing I hear when that happens is, man, I'm just so glad to be back with my community. I'm glad to be back with people that love me, people that can pray with me. Can I say this? You need people that will pray with you. Not for you, but with you. There's a big difference in praying with and praying for. There's a big difference in being with and being for. Look, I can be for you. I can hope the best in your life, but y'all, it's different when I'm here with you, right? If I post on Instagram, hey, y'all pray for me, you can comment praying for you, but are you really gonna pray, right? It's different when you're here in person saying, hey, give me your hands, let me pray with you. See, God didn't just shout his love down from heaven, what did he do? He sent Jesus incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us, amen? He said, I'm, I love you so much. I'm not just going to tell you. I'm going to send myself in flesh form to be with you. There's a difference in with and for. We need community that's with us, not for us. 
He says, guys, my soul is overwhelmed. I feel like it could kill me. Guys, pray with me. Jesus talked to his friends. Number two, you gotta talk to your father. Now, I'm not talking about like your earthly father, your dad, stepdad, grandpa, whatever. I'm talking about talk to God. Anybody in here drive? Who drives in here? Anybody? Quite a few, cool. Anybody like who doesn't drive? Like, I mean, you know enough about a car, right? Like, you're pretty familiar. You know when like a little light comes on, like you're driving, you see a little light, and you're like, oh crap. I was driving one time and I saw a light. It was an exclamation point with like crazy sharp squiggles around it. I'm not a car guy, don't laugh at me, all right? And I was like, my car is toast, y'all. I ain't gonna make it another five feet. And now I realize it just means I have a little bit of low tire pressure. It's like, okay, it's cool. But then you get the scary one, the check engine light. That one, that one's scary. But you know what's crazy? The light is not the problem. The light is a signal to take it back to the mechanic. What is anxiety? Anxiety is not the problem. Anxiety is a signal. It's an alert that it's time to pray. Can someone say hallelujah? Am I preaching? Am I doing okay? Anxiety is an alert to your body saying, hey, it's time to pray. Paul says to the church, of, uh, the church in uh, Philippians, he says, do not be anxious, but in every situation, pray. Can I say this, guys? And you can shout if you want to. If your problem is big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If it's big enough for you to lose sleep over, it's big enough to pray about. If it's big enough to post on, on Snapchat and say, no one hit me up, I don't care what anybody says, don't even talk to me, like it's big enough to pray about. Too real? If you're worried about school, pray. If you're worried about this election, pray. If you're worried about your parents' marriage, pray. If you're worried about your loved ones being sick, pray. If you're worried about yourself getting sick or not even getting sick but getting that little thing shoved up your nose and getting your brain tickled, then pray. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. I'm gonna say it again with the folks in the back because I don't think Pastor Owen, hurry back there. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Anxiety is a signal saying that it's time to pray. We're gonna pick back up in Jesus' story. It says in Mark 14, if you're writing this down, Mark 14, 35 and 36, it says, going a little farther, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, this hour might pass from him. So Jesus says this, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Now, he didn't literally mean an actual cup. The cup represented the pain he was gonna have to go through. So you can replace that, and he says, Father, take this pain from me. Take this humiliation from me. Anybody ever prayed that prayer for being honest? You don't gotta raise your hand. Have you ever prayed, like, Father, take this crap from me? I pray it every day. Take this cup from me. Jesus was honest. He didn't pray, pray these safe and benign and scripted prayers. You know what the very first prayer I ever prayed was? This is no joke. My granny, how many of y'all love y'all's granny? God bless grannies. My granny, devout Christian her whole life, I grew up, my parents were atheists, by the way. And as we talk, after this, I wanna talk to all you guys and I'll tell you my story, you can tell me yours, all that good stuff. But uh, my granny was like devout Christian and she would make me recite this prayer every night when I was spending out of her house. And y'all might know this one. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I shall die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Who the heck thought that was a good idea for a four-year-old to pray? It's like, hey, sweet dreams. By the way, you might die in your sleep. 
And if you do, someone's gonna come take your soul and you better hope it's God because you don't want it to be the other side, amen? Like, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> Jesus didn't recite words. He didn't just say random things. Jesus cried from the depths of his soul. He was honest. And I'm here from Charlotte, North Carolina to tell you tonight that God loves you and he's inviting you to cry out to him. Peter says, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Even if you're so overwhelmed, you're laying in your bathroom floor, a feeling about suicide. Even in that moment, God is calling you to call on him. Even if you're praying prayers like, Father, my life is falling apart. Jesus, I trusted you once. I prayed for my loved one that was sick, or I prayed for this relationship or that, and, and you failed me, and you didn't answer my prayer, and now I don't know if I can trust you. You can pray those prayers. God knows. If it's on your mind, it's on his heart. You can be honest with God. First, you got to talk to your friends, your real friends, your community. You have to talk to your father. Number three, this might sound a little weird at first. You need to talk to your feelings. Some of you are like, what? Let me explain. Anybody have any like random, messed up, like jacked up, bad feelings sometimes? <laughs> People I've heard say, they say, follow your feelings. Follow your heart. Don't do that. If, you, if I follow my feelings, I'd be in jail by three o'clock tomorrow, okay? Like don't do that. I wanna tell you, you have feelings, but you are not your feelings, amen? Your feelings are real. You feel them, they're there, but they aren't always true. And your feelings do not get to lead you, they don't get to control you. You can talk to your feelings. What do I mean? You tell your feelings, hey, you ain't the boss of me. You don't own me. Anxiety, depression, you, do, you can't stop me. You have to talk to your feelings. And anyone know that Feelings don't always reflect reality. Have any of y'all ever been worried about something that never happened? Like, have you ever been so worried about something and it literally never happened? I'm gonna tell you a story. This happened to me. I was in high school, I was a freshman, right? Brand new freshman. All the bad freshman stuff was happening to me. And there was a senior guy, a senior picking on a freshman. Can you believe that? It's terrible. But anyway, so uh, I was a senior and this guy, I, I was dating a girl that he really liked. Everybody knows that's, you know, that's recipe for disaster. This guy likes a girl, I got her, take the L, bro, it ain't my fault, okay? Um, sorry. But he was that guy, and I know y'all have probably experienced this guy. If not, you've heard about it. He was the guy that always wanted to fight me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So, hey, bro, you wait. I was in the parking lot by the buses, oh, I'm gonna fight you. And I was always like, bad. <laughs> but in reality, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Because this dude was, like, huge. He was one of them corn-fed country boys. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he hauled hay every summer. He was, you know, like, y'all know what I'm talking about. Ain't nothing wrong with that, but that's a different breed of man right there. Like, they're going to the NFL, right? I ain't going to the NFL. And so every day this guy would text me. Like, how'd you even get my number, first of all? Every day he would text me. And back then we had flip phones. Y'all know about that. I had a little flip phone, you know. And uh, I was texting back. And one day I got a little bold, and I was like, I literally typed out, bet, bro, fight me. Let's go. It didn't send, hallelujah, because I would have lost. But I was worried that this guy was gonna fight me. Every day, he was like looking at me like, you know, like, and I was like, I, you know, eh. But you know what's funny, he never fought me. 
Not once. Never. Like I could have sat in the cafeteria and went, he never fought me. You know the worst thing he did? This is no joke. The worst thing he did, I was walking to like get a snack or something. He stepped in the back of my shoe and knocked my shoe off. He was like, ha, gotcha. It's like, did you? <laughs> I had a pebble in my shoe anyway. What are you talking about? But we've all been worried about things that never happened. It's like, I'm worried about failing this test. You get an A. I, I, I feel like I'm gonna get this A. You get an F. Like we all feel things that don't happen. And just in that same way, you can talk to your feelings about your faith. Because that's what Jesus did. Watch this. In Mark 14, 36, you can write that down, Mark 14, 36. He says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Take this pain from me. But then he says this, yet not what I will, but what you will. Not what I want, what you want. What does Jesus feel like? He feels like he don't want to go to the cross. He feels like he doesn't want to die a horrible, excruciating death. He doesn't feel like getting embarrassed, but he says to his feelings, and he says to himself, but not as I will, but as God wills. We have to speak truth to our feelings, and we have to align our feelings with our faith. Anytime you feel that God doesn't love you, you need to speak to your feelings and remind the truth that he does, that God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe with him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. John three sixteen. I got it now. Thank you. When you feel like you're alone, you need to speak truth and say, you know, you know what? My God will never leave me and he'll never forsake me, amen? When you're feeling worried about you know, whether you're gonna have food at night or whether your parents are gonna be able to pay the bills because we feel that pressure as, as teenagers sometimes, we need to remember that my God, come on somebody, supplies all needs. He's the I ain't gotta worry about it. When you feel like you're, you're being hurt and you're being tormented, you're being bullied or whatever, when you feel like you're being victimized, you need to remember that you are an overcomer by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Can somebody clap and get loud and say amen? Do you love Jesus? I love it. What did Jesus do with anxiety? He talked to his friends, he talked to his father, he talked to his feelings, and guess what? It worked. It worked. Like that's the end, it worked. Jesus stumbles into the garden, overwhelmed with his soul-crushing anxiety. The soldiers come to arrest him. He's gonna face these unjust trials, this unspeakable torture, and this excruciating pain and shame and death on the cross. But because he did those things, what was Jesus? He was resolute. He was strong. He was determined. He was unshakable. He was so unshakable, in fact, that he literally said on the cross, hey, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he said, men, do not take my life, but Father, I commit to you my spirit. I am daring to say that if any of us were in that situation, we would not be like, Father, forgive them, please. That's how resolute he was. That's the peace that God wants to give you tonight. To be resolute in these situations and say, hey, you know what? God's got me. How do we deal with anxiety? We need to do what Jesus did. Talk to our friends, talk to our Father, and talk to our feelings. Paul says this in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I'll read it again. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about the virus, about the election, about your future, about who you're gonna marry, about whether or not your girlfriend or boyfriend is cheating on you. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then it says this, and the peace of God, someone say peace. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You can't understand this type of peace. It's peace that you can't fathom in your mind. 
the peace of God will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. If you need peace, can you stand up all over the house right now? I'm not done preaching, but I just want to finish preaching when everybody's standing up. That's okay. Worship team, you can come back up if, if you want. We can play it out. It's the, the peace of God. It's the peace of God that will guard you, amen? It's the peace of God. Not, not your peace. Not peace that you can muster up yourself. It's not the world's peace. It's not your friend's peace. It's the peace of God. The world can't give you that peace. The world can't take away that peace. And can I tell you that when you have that peace, when you receive that peace in your heart, that there is no storm that God cannot bring you through? You can say amen better than that. Come on, do you believe it? There's no obstacle that God will not let you overcome. There's no enemy. There's no, nobody, nothing that God will not help you defeat. There is no heartache that God will not heal. And it's all because of Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. He's the one that we follow. He's the one that can give us this peace. When I say Jesus, guys, the very mention of his name shatters the darkness. It shatters my depression. It shatters my anxiety. The very mention of Jesus calms my soul. When I say Jesus, even a whisper breaks through my doubts. I have doubts. We all have doubts. We've been in those situations where we're like, God, are you even there? Do you even hear me? I'm anxious and I need you. But just saying his name will break through until our fear is gone. All across this room, if you will, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? I, I'm gonna hand this off to Pastor Jesse in a second, but I just, wanna, I just wanna give a response. I feel like we're wasting our time if we don't have a response. Anxiety is real, but it doesn't mean you fail God. Just because you feel anxious doesn't mean you're a failure, doesn't mean you're a bad Christian, it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. All that anxiety is is an alert telling you, hey, it's time to pray about this. Remember, if it's on your mind, it's already on God's heart. If it's big enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. I'm just gonna ask you two questions and then we're gonna wrap up and, and have fun and all that good stuff. If you're here tonight and you say, hey, you know what, I hear a lot about this Jesus guy but I have no idea if I've known him. I mean, I've raised my hand before. I think I might have said a prayer a while back, but like, I don't know if I actually know him. If that's you, or maybe you're saying, you know what, I follow Jesus, but like, man, I've been messing up. I've been falling away. I need to rededicate my life to Christ. If that's you on the count of three, would you be bold and brave and just shoot your hand up right now? One, two, three. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up if you wanna give your life to Christ? I see you, I see you, I see you. I'm raising my hand, John. I'm rededicating my life just like you guys. I see you. Second question, maybe you're just battling with crippling anxiety. You're tired of feeling this way and maybe tonight you're willing to commit. You know what, I'm gonna find good friends I can talk to. You know what, I'm committing. I'm going to talk to my father about it. You know what, I'm committing. I'm gonna tell myself, hey, you know what, God is for me, he's not against me. He's with me, he's never gonna leave me. If that's you and you're willing to make that commitment tonight, would you just raise your hand? I'm raising it with you right now. Raise your hand if you make that commitment. I see you, I see you. You're not alone. I see those hands going up. I see you, I see you. You can put your hands down. I'm just gonna pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this church, for these teams, for these students. Father, I pray that you give them your peace. Father, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, the peace that surpasses all knowledge. Father, the peace that can crush anxiety to the core. 
Father, right now, we lift your name up. Father, it's your name. It's Jesus that breaks the darkness. It crushes our enemies. Just one whisper of your name. Father, we're so thankful. We lift you up. It's in your name. And can everybody say and clap amen? Can we celebrate those who made those commitments? I'm gonna say one more thing and I'm gonna hand it over to Pastor Jesse. Hey, thank you guys so much for letting me preach. It's been amazing. If you made that decision tonight, would you just come tell me after service? You'd be like, hey, I raised my hand. High five me, you know? Like, would you, if you would, I'd love to meet you and just talk to you. But hey, listen, I'm gonna turn this over to Pastor Jesse. Thank you guys so much. Talk to y'all.